Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 63.1.1 episode. So you know what that means. We're talking about the Reds. They can't stop winning at the moment. They're just so good. Are we going to win the toilet seat? We're going to win the toilet seat, aren't we? Um, if you want to hear just the, uh, you can hear about the Copa del Rey final and some some relegation shit in the Premier League and some Arsenal Man United, go check out episode 63, not 63.1. Point one is for Adelaide. Uh, welcome. Tommy's on the other end, of the other end of the line as I get my words out. Uh, where do you want to start with this one? How you doing, man? Great, Sam. Have you packed your rats? Have you booked your ticket? We're going to Melbourne, man. It's done. We're going to Melbourne. It's locked in, put your, is it? Put your house on it. I'm not putting my house on it. It's, it's a certainty. All we have to do is play second bottom Brisbane, get three points, and we're there. I'm not as sold on it as you are, but, uh, you know, we can get into that. Hey, I wanted to start with something a little different this week, just to get this off my chest and out early. i tell you what. Oh, you've been sitting on this one, haven't you? I've been sitting on it. The FSA launched the new, the new state football centre this week. I don't know if anyone's been keeping an eye on this kind of thing going on, but the new state football centre was opened. Uh, there was a couple of games on. There was Adelaide United's youth team played Metro Stars. Belgrade played Adelaide Comets. Uh, you know, if I have to come straight off the bat and give the venue a rating out of five, five stars, I'm giving it half a star. Oh, you can't do five. that. I'm going real hard on it. No, it's like Uber, man. It's minimum one. You can't. That's. Nah, I'm giving it half. Half a star? Yeah. I'll tell you why. Firstly, <laughs> the place isn't finished yet. <laughs> okay. It's okay. not ready. When you there's... say not finished, you mean there's a door and... No. Okay. All right. So it is a lovely looking place to watch football. I'm sure it's going to be great. There are just some bones to pick. The... There's kind of a there's a hill right the way around the southern goal and the eastern wing, which looks mm-hmm. pretty good. And it looks like it's designed to obviously host a fairly decent crowd. You know, I think for like if Adelaide were to play Australia Cup games, we used to play at Marden a lot. I guess they could play them there. Uh, w League would play there, I guess. Mm. Um, That's a good call. But that was all roped off. You can't go on the grass yet. There's just a mud. It's not ready. Mud next to the footpath. Wasn't ready. The okay, car park, fair. car park, absolutely overflowing. There was a cranky security guy who had to open up the fence into a, the construction area so people could go and you pretty much had to do a leg of the Dakar rally across the dirt to drive and get a park, <laughs> at which point you may as well have just parked at Raiders, the ground behind. Um, That's no, where your smart money is. No signage. No signage at all at the entrance for where to get in and out. Um, oh, what is this Strathalbyn race course? A poxy little window where everybody lines up for food and alcohol at the same spot. Why? Why do we have this? We have this at the other grounds that they built, like at the parks and stuff. It's crap. Doesn't work. Change it. Sort it out. Um, you know, these are very picky little things. I know, but. No, it adds to the fan we, experience. We do like to drink at the football and... We're not alone. 
the selections, right? Are we ready for your choices of drink? Mm. Do you like beer? Let me let me guess. I'll look, I'm partial to a beer here and there. Yeah. Yeah, you like beer. So plenty of beer. Don't worry about your beers. You're plenty to choose from. All your different Coopers, your Carlsberg, whatever. Blah blah blah. Oh, cool. It Good. was there. So um, there should be. If you want spirits, though, it's Jim Beam or CC. That's the I runner. don't don't understand why you'd want anything else other than those two. Maybe no. maybe Jack Daniels at a stretch. No scotch. No scotch at local football. Mm. Come on. Do you, think, do you think that's more reflective of scotch drinkers than it is, you know, no. the guys at the local football? No, because I'm telling you, at Beograd, the, the scotches are flowing. They're just <laughs> again the, the bottle is just perpetually tipped up with it just pouring out into cups, ready to be topped with mix and drank. That's what they insert into the sprinklers in between sessions. So if the if the attacking players up went into the field, the sprinklers are on. The fans are getting the scotches. Are you ready for my next bone? Yeah. How many bones do you have? Uh, one more. Actually, I've got a positive one too. You've been sitting on all these bones, really. I've got a, I've got a positive one. The main the main pitch. Mm. Grass. Real, oh, good. Real. Yeah. Grass. <clears throat> that was yeah. Actual. Turf, um, revolutionary. But take that away. Uh, you go up. There's a grandstand, right? You go up the grandstand, up the stairs, and it goes all the way along the wing, where the behind where the benches are. It's good, good view up there. Uh, there's this massive kind of building there with. I've I've been told there's function rooms and stuff in there. None of it open. So oh, good. No, no bar upstairs. You have to go walk all the way downstairs and around the other side to go get your drinks and come back or to go get your food. This is a disgrace. Um, I find out later that the, FS- the FSA have decided to put in, uh, with window views of the pitch, some of their offices. Okay. So that when you're working Monday to Friday and there's no football on, you have a, a pitch side view of nothing happening when that space could have been used for spectators to come and experience the football. Okay. Uh, I don't know if this Look, is too picky of me, but... Sam, I see, we, I see where you're going with this, but just hear me out for a second. Yeah. Corporate office boxes. It's just like a corporate box, except it's someone's nine-to-five office Monday to Friday. You can rummage through the desk. You can take whatever you want from the drawers. You know, you can write all sorts of offensive emails if they leave their shit unlocked. That's just that's just what it is. Open slather. Brilliant. I can't it's- wait to have, you know, nowhere to watch the football, but someone has an office there. Brilliant. Well, what if someone's pushing papers on a Saturday afternoon? They're not. He Come on. too should be able to, or she should be able to enjoy themselves. If you work on a Saturday, I'm all for it. Let's talk about Adelaide United and Perth. Let's get away from the State Football Centre. Um, I just thought I'm, ex- people, I'm excited just thought to go people to. Sh- people should know about it. Um, Did you leave a Google review, look, or is this just not not shit football reviews? No, I didn't. I threatened to. I was I was like, I'm going to leave a Google review. You no, should I have. Do it. I was going to go full Karen, but I didn't. I just that's I thought hit I'd where sh- it hurts. I thought I'd share it with the night shift football community. But either way, I think if they can iron out some stuff and actually have the place ready. I think it looks like it's going to be a splendid place to watch football. So, oh, good. Just, just get it sorted. Just, just, yeah. I would have just waited till it was completely ready to open it. That's all. Um, 
novel idea. <laughs> hey, let's instead, let's get positive, well, somewhat positive. <laughs> we can talk about Adelaide United got a big 2-0 win against Perth Glory. I guess positive in the sense that three points is three points at this stage of the season. But boy, oh boy, I'm putting it down as a lucky quote. Lucky it was Perth. Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you sometimes feel like you enjoy yourself more when you're at the game at the time? And then when you reflect on it and you, you, know, you try and dissect it a little bit and analyze it, you're like, oh, actually, that, was kind of, that kind of sucked. There's been a lot of games this season that have been like that. Maybe yeah. maybe my enjoyment of football was all in my mind. I think there's definitely been a few like that this year. I don't think this was one of them. I distinctly remember being at the ground Sunday afternoon slash Sunday night and thinking, wow, this is not good. We're lucky this is just Perth. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was said many a time by heaps of people up, up where we were sitting. It was a common theme throughout the game. Lucky Perth. Even when they create glaring opportunities, when there are so few of them, refuse to hit the target. They didn't even want to test Gauchi that day. Yeah. They, I mean, they did put one in the back of the net, but Pacific was offside in the build-up uh, clearly, so nothing wrong with that. Um, and then obviously we had the, I guess we could, we could talk about both, both the goal scorers, but I just want to talk about that. The final moments of the game, have we... We're kind oh, of Jesus. we're clinging on one nil. We've we've kind of spurned half chances, but not created enough clear ones. And then it looked like we were giving Perth more and more of a sniff. And then they had that chance where we were sitting. It looked like I was just waiting for it to hit the net, and it, it doesn't had to hit, go in. It doesn't hit the net, and then bang, we got the other end. And Aaron Kunda, who had been talk shit since he came on, <laughs> buries an absolute weldy again. To make it two 0 and we get that relief. We didn't. It wasn't like we were talking shit because we don't like the guy. Like we no, clearly do him. like this footballer. Yeah. He was just like awful on the weekend makes, when he came on for twenty it, minutes. It makes you wonder if one banger is worth those twenty minutes of like misplaced passes and poor first touches and two shanks. And there's no surprise to me. In the replay of the goal, there's a woman who yells out from the West End, don't shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were saying it too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, no. What's he? And then I think we just kind of, I believe it was uh, your your cousin behind us, burst into laughter when it hit the net. He was so surprised. Even, um, Even Aaron Kunda after the game, he said that he was surprised by the goal. And it's like, mate. Absolutely astonished is the fitting term for this. No one in their right mind picked that. Um, yeah. But yeah, now he scored three bangers like that. This this guy, he, he can finish. He can find the net. He can. Um, I, I just, I wonder if he just, I don't know what happened when he came on, but he was on the pitch for like a good 25 minutes before he scored. <laughs> and it was like up there with like, Romario is like the worst 25 minutes of football I've seen from an Adelaide player. And then he pulls out a weldy, you know, so we'll forgive him. And he's a kid. So we were going to forgive him anyway, because we love him. Precisely. But uh, exactly. Yeah. He wasn't the only kid on the score sheet though. No. Mini Casio. Old uh, quick feet, quick feet left has popped up again. Yeah. Although maybe it was quick feet, quick feet right from Ryan Kiddo that opened the game up. 
uh, you know, the A-League's best MPL player there is. It, he was great in that passage of play. It, he, brought, he brought me to my feet when he did the little pirouette yeah. to glide past the defender. Like, that's, that's really good technical ability. Yeah, I think it, things fell in his favour and he made it Oh, don't. C- made c- it come on. Give him the full credit. You don't often beat three players and whip in an assist like that. I have. Don't you start now trying to <laughs> pretend like I haven't been the one going into bat for kiddo all season. I've been going into bat for kiddo all season, uh, but I don't, <laughs> he, you know, the ball bounced kindly. He's kind of spun. When he, he didn't really, the spin didn't really do anything, did it? Did he need to spin? No, he did anyway, and it came off. It was for aesthetic, yeah. And then, yeah, he picked out. Bernardo, son of Cassio, I love this kid. I thought he was, I thought he was excellent the other night, and he absolutely tore their fullback apart. He he was yeah ever present. Um, he was definitely the outlet from the from the outset, which is weird, given that we had you know we started with three wingers. Like Viet went into this game looking definitely to expose their three at the back, and you think okay, Goodwin, Brook, Bernardo, that's a really good idea. Like this is clever management. And it looked really effective from the start. It was Bernardo was the one that they were going to let loose. They were covering Brook and Goodwin more often. He gave uh, Perth's uh, left back an absolute bath. You know, to, to be fair to Perth, they've only got one player here with a squad number under that of 18. And I think that's kind of testament to the amount of first starters they had out there. And kids, um, Rawlins and Ford were the fullbacks. Uh, Lockman, the 29 at centre-back, who just, I think, once I quipped, he plays, he looks when he plays as if he's better than what he is. He just continually gave the ball away and was losing Bernardo all the time, trying to cover uh, for their left-back. He did have a good game. He was voted the RAA's uh, Red Army's player of the match, but I kind of thought that reflected more on how poor Adelaide was (laughs) more generally. It just, it didn't, I don't think Bernardo did enough to be player of the match. And yet here we are. He's the absolute so. bright spark. No, I don't know. I just, he was involved and, you know, I thought his link up play was pretty good with Brooke and his Aes. You know, I thought maybe Izzy was, had a better performance than him. Yeah. Yabby Lopez we'll, again. The other, the other one I thought um, we, that we both said during the game was that we thought Izzy was having a really good game. And I think that's a lot of that is down to the fact he was sitting as the only the only holding midfielder on the park. Yes, that was in the first half, Dang. and then uh, I don't know for whatever reason, Lucky Brook gets subbed off uh, one day at half time. Could only have been the booking, right? Look, I, I've got some problems with this either way, because if we're taking him off because he can't can't run out of full game still, that's I, I find that a little concerning. That's hugely. Uh, you concerning. know, maybe if he if he can't run out a full game, whatever, at least getting to like the 65, 70 minutes. Uh, he seems to be a real one half player, which is worrying. Or the other the other side of it is that we've taken him off because he's on a yellow, which is I find that just as concerning because you need to at some point be able to trust your player just not to go out and get another booking when he's so crucial to the team. And he has been. I think he's been even like uh, increasingly important to the side when he's played since since he got here. Every week he's gotten better and better and 
he looks I he'd be one of the first names I put down now these days. Um so kind of a shame that you'd have to take him off just because he's on a yellow. I hope that's not the case, but whatever the case is, it's something. And it's I want to I want to see him on the park for longer every week. The pitch, yeah, I totally agree with you. It doesn't make any sense to me why he did come off, and especially given that the referee only gave out one yellow card the whole game. So you would imagine that the disciplinary reason isn't the one that holds up. And it didn't look like he got a knock, and there's been nothing reported post-game. So... It could possibly be the fitness thing, which is an absolute joke. What is, what's wrong with this guy? Why can't he run out more than 45 minutes? Yeah, that, like I said, yeah, just it's a concern because it's not like he's still like new here or it's not like he hasn't been playing football or anything. So, yeah, bit of a worry. Um, I forgot what else I was going to add. I think... Oh, maybe, maybe just on the discipline thing quickly. Yeah, I'm looking at the fouls here. Uh, we committed 21 fouls to Perth six throughout the game. Yeah. Maybe we should have been booked more than once. <laughs> Maybe we should have. I get the feeling we probably complained a lot about Perth not being booked though. <laughs> yeah, did I? I did feel that. Or even just given, you know, a consistent call. Oh, well, there, there. there was there was some moments where I know the, the Western grandstand was getting very vocal in their displeasure of the referee. And I couldn't for the life of me work out why. The ones that they were angry at looked like just good, hard challenges where the ball was won. And then when Adelaide did get a free kick, um, we predicted it, but the big sarcastic cheers <laughs> came it's, up. It is, it is the best part about going to Highmarsh Stadium is immediately we put the ref off, we get him offside, and then whenever he does finally call something, we piss him off even more. <laughs> oh, we've got chips on our shoulders for sure with referees, Definitely. don't we? All Definitely. the time. Um, referees, the East Coast, the lot. Uh, shout out to the back four I wanted to throw in. Uh, we don't really need to talk about Kidder because we've done him, uh, but obviously Javi Lopez we've done as well. But your boy, you really like this partnership of Popper and Rocky Barr. This is my favourite of the ones that we've assembled this season, which, you know, sorry, Jakobsen, I quite like you, but sometimes you can be slow and often you injure yourself in the middle of games. So He is getting on, yeah. He is, yeah. And there's a good chance of looking at a succession plan here definitely with Popovich for a kid this young yeah. and some of some of the, just the awareness that he had on halfway to be able to, he, he was the one that fundamentally set up the first goal was when he received the ball. We were complaining in the stands that we weren't shifting it left to right enough. Yeah. And he receives the ball in the center from the left back. And I think he feigns to go back to the left back, which draws, you know, three or four glory players. Cause they were really overloading spaces, trying to predict where we were going to give the ball not pressing, but really keeping compact in these areas. It's a really simple feign slide of movement with his body, switches it back out to the right-hand side. And um, yeah, the goal is very quickly maneuvered from that position. He's just, you know, strong in the air, composed on the ball. He seems to be forming not a too bad partnership with Barr. There was a couple of, a couple of moments where the two of them did get in each other's way or the communication wasn't there. Or you could tell that they're just not of that higher ability yet. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's the one that I like to watch. Well, I think it's, uh, um, you know, if we're going to keep with what we always say on here about following Adelaide United is how much we enjoy seeing uh, local players come through. And so when players like Bar, less so with Bar, more so with Popovich because of the age, uh, but you're just happy to kind of give them that extra time and give them, you're, you're, you're keen to see where it goes. 
uh, what it can lead to. Uh, I've got all the time in the world for Popovich right now. Not, I'm still, I'm still iffy on Bar. I think the the reason Bar and Popovich is our best partnership is probably more down to the fact that our other centre backs are so, excluding Jakobsen, but Timotheo and Trat are just not good. No, <laughs> to be and, to be polite. And- and Ansel I think who? I'm not sure Barr is heaps better than those guys, but he certainly is an improvement. Um, and, I, you know, I wouldn't be upset if we kept him on for another year, gave him another go next season. I'm not sure what that may have been a decision already. I don't know. I, I'm terrible at keeping up with the news, but yeah. Yeah, same. I'm not sure on his contractual obligations. Um, he's definitely better than the other three. He may not be as good as Elsie, as we've discussed. Uh, but he is a solid centre back, and yeah, I think he's probably done enough to get another one year deal. You know, it's well, on the yeah. flip, you say you say you've got more time for Popper. Maybe even on the flip side, maybe you've got more. I've got more time for this kind of middle aged MPL player being able to fulfil middle aged professional dream. Yeah, isn't he what? Oh, middle aged for a footballer, I should say. Professionally middle aged. <laughs> yeah, professionally <laughs> middle aged. Like, not he's actually. not like fifty. It's not like 50, Lucky Bar. Um, that would be even more impressive, though. Wouldn't it? Um, yeah, no, I think it's just like, uh, you know, if we're going to we're gonna go out and sign another track or another answer or something like this, I'd rather just give this kid another year, this kid, yeah. this guy another year. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, it's no mistake the two goal scorers were Bernardo, Irin Kunda, Two kids, two Adelaide guys. Yep. It's testament yeah. to what we're doing. You know, <clears throat> it's kind of paling in insignificance to what the Mariners are doing at the moment because they really are going full bore, bloody youth squad, young manager, trying to absolutely like revolutionize their club in a way, try and turn it into something that is um, not what it has been to attract new fans. But we just seem to be continually plodding along this path. We have been maybe going on, I don't know, six or seven years now, where we're just slowly but surely establishing ourselves as an all, always present and ever-present top six side, a side where you go to Adelaide and a lot of teams like to come here and sit in now. They don't think that they can pick up points at High Marsh and inevitably they're not picking up points at High Marsh. And again, we're going to finish in the top six. So it's a, it's a pretty crazy achievement when you think about it. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, I just had my other points for this game. I think we don't need to talk about it, but uh, Craig Goodwin didn't get on the score sheet or any assists, but he was Oof. just as he was as usually influential. Um, every time he's on it, it's just excitement. Um, the one that gives me a little concern at the moment because I really I've been a big fan up until recent months is Josh Cavallo. Seems yeah. to be just really struggling for form at the moment. He. Is um, victim, I think, of his positional changes. He is not yep. a left back, and he's not being given enough chances as a central midfielder to show what he can do. I was excited when they picked him as central midfielder, but same. I, I wonder in this formation where Brook is the loose ten and Izzy is the roaming six, we need Cavallo to be like a Mork eight in a way. And is that his role? I, th- I like- think that was the intention. We talk about that a lot on here, having the, the number 10, the holding, and then like the box to box kind of guy. Mm. Um, and I think Perfect that's what we us. went with on the weekend. Cause it looked like Brooke was playing 
like fair way forward. And Izzy was obviously being the holding six, but I'm not sure it worked with Cavallo there. Um, I mean, I'd still rather have him there than Coletti, <laughs> but mm, but maybe not. Uh, yeah, we're still maybe searching. Louis. It is it is the tough role. I thought Cavallo was made for the box to box role, and he certainly looked like it. Um, was it last season where we played a fair bit of that midfield role and yeah. really impressed us? Um, and then earlier this season, when he was coming off the bench at left back, he was um, he was having a real impact. And now that he's been, the more he's started started starting games as the season's gone on, uh, the more and more his form has dropped. And I don't enjoy seeing that because I like the kid. And I think yes. he's a good footballer. No, same. He's a talented guy and he's definitely got, he's got a maturity and an understanding of the game that is kind of beyond some of the other young players that we have coming through. Yep. You know, maybe his positional awareness and stuff like that is even above that of Louis Dorigo. But I just, I can't figure out what role to play him in, in midfield to best like bring out his ability. Mm, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Um, I, I've nothing else to add to that. <laughs> but yeah, it, like no, like you said, it's just it's such a shame. I reckon if maybe yeah. if you gave him five games in a row where he played in that eight, and we played with Brook as a ten and Izzy as a six, maybe you would see a more consistent result from him, and you would see a guy yeah. that gels with the guys around him. I think I, I wonder how it would have gone if. Uh, if Clough was in the squad, I was just about to get to him. I, I just admitted before that I'm really bad at keeping up with squad news and things like that. So I actually have no idea if Clough was injured or not. All I know is he wasn't in the squad, which I can only assume he was injured because he's an import player and you wouldn't want to leave him out. But then uh, his form <laughs> would suggest he doesn't deserve a spot in this squad. It's COVID reasons, right? Um, fingers crossed that he is. I have no though. idea. We were on this podcast last week calling for him never to play for Adelaide United again. <laughs> you were. Yeah, I was. But that's that's we because we speak for each other. So we don't. We do not. As a brand, we never want Cloth to play again. And it's a good start. I'll leave it at that before I start slandering anyone else. Um, it's not slander. I'm just saying I don't want him to play for us again. Do you have anything else you wanted to add this week? Uh, on Adelaide, not really. Just that we've got we got two big home games left. Uh, one Saturday, one Sunday. Uh, we could probably get the business done against Brisbane this Saturday coming, and the woo can be a free hit at a top three opponent who we may face in the finals. So I thought it, I thought it was woo this week. Uh oh, this Saturday maybe Brisbane first. No, it is. It's Brisbane. Yeah, Brisbane at home Saturday night. Oh, and then Western United. On a, a 5.50 kilo, I'm assuming that's a Sunday. It is a Sunday, yep. Yeah, that looks gross. 5.50 on a Sunday to end the season against West United. That could be a grim, a grim, grim affair, but hopefully we've already wrapped up a final spot by then. Anything Definitely. else you want to add from A-League or Australian football? Actually, before we move away from Adelaide, we Go didn't on. say the new um, East stand is well under construction now. And looks cool as fuck. It was, it was already there. Super imposing. No, the additions to it. You <laughs> pedant. It was. <laughs> Look, they've added a little thing onto the top that's going to be like a roof. But I think the only reason it looked uh, imposing on the weekend was because there's all that massive scaffolding. That, that won't be there. Oh, they're not going to leave that. 
I'm not playing this game with you. Come on. That's a shame because it did at the, at the moment, the way that it looks, it gives it kind of like uh, the Southeast Asian stadium look. Do you know how in some of them they've got those vertical they bars like that a, run across the top of the stands? They look like a construction site. Yeah, but it just it gives it some kind of monolithic industrial. I don't know. It just I don't. It just it looked cool to me. I think, and I read some news that we're going to lobby or Nathan Cosmina is going to lobby the state government in 2023 after the Women's World Cup to do the stands on both ends. That would be cool. Yeah, all for upgrading High Marsh instead of building a new stadium. Hundred percent. Did you catch Victory Brisbane? On Monday, Sam. Hell no, I didn't. Hell no, you didn't. And why is that? What were you doing on Monday? Were you watching uh, a competing code? I was being a degenerate and gambling on horses, but I was also, yes, watching a competing code of sport. We had a little preamble before we hit record on this one, wondering, I mean, and I'm guilty of it too. I haven't watched as much A-League this season as I have probably yep. ever, maybe. And you could say it's paramount. You could say it's COVID with the rescheduling of the, of the games. You could say it's our own personal circumstances now where we yep. just don't prioritize it. Or do you think it's actually a combination of all three of those things, which is what the A-League really falters from, is that people outside of their own teams aren't interested in what happens? Uh, I think that's definitely the case. I think it's only like the real the most hardcore of hardcore, I'd say, A-League fans, not necessarily club fans because, you know, we're pretty full-on Adelaide United fans. But like you said, this season, even we don't watch all that much A-League as we had, like in the past where I've probably tried to tune into every single game and now I'm just not really doing it. I, I, it's hard to say why that is. But I th- like the Anzac Day thing, definitely influenced by the uh like collingwood essendon in the afl even if i wasn't a, a collingwood fan i would probably still be tuning in to watch that one because it's you know it's it's ninety thousand plus at the mcg on a public it's holiday a for the foot yeah. it's a it's a landmark occasion um brisbane at dolphin stadium or whatever it is against melbourne victory doesn't quite have the same ring to it no somehow it doesn't attract eyeballs the same way that this big legacy, you know, it's cult. It's it's a, it's a cultural game. Now. Yeah, I mean, I should highlight as well. Like they didn't really clash. Like the Brisbane game kicked off at one fifteen Adelaide time, and the footy was at two fifty. So that there would have been a little bit of overlap. But I just, you know, I had no interest in it. I didn't. Didn't never occur to me. I. The more I've thought about it, I, I can, recall now consciously thinking lots of times this season that I can't be fucked trying to get Paramount going on the TV when I've got the Foxtel box in front of me and I'm just flicking channels between various sports that are on. um, I'm just setting up the Paramount and getting that going. Can't be bothered. It's been glitchy. It's been jumpy. I don't enjoy it. It's not a fun experience, so I don't bother. Yeah, it's been the entire season now and it's like they haven't even bothered to try and iron out any glitches or bugs or improve any kind of service to the fan on which we've requested. Yeah. And it's it sucks. There's two games to go and I just I feel less engaged with the A-League than I ever have before. Yeah, and it's sad. I think there's, like you said, there's definitely our own 
personal circumstances coming into it as well. Um, you know, I've become very, very busy this year and haven't been able to watch as much as I would have liked. But there's also the Paramount thing definitely plays a part. Um, and also like the just stuff like I've seen lots of people complaining that like they're tuned in to watch the A-League on a Friday night and there's no pre-game or post-game or anything. It's like you're sitting there watching the Paramount screen just sit there ticking over until the game starts. And like it's just what what are we doing? And then I've tuned in to watch replays before and it's got to the end and the full-time whistle goes and that's the end of the replay on on Paramount. There's no mm. – I haven't shown us any of the interview or anything like that. Um, it's, it's, it's piss poor. It needs to be better. Something drastically has to change with the A-League's marketing. Yeah, uh, but it's just – you wonder how because there's no A-League people within Paramount or Channel 10 itself. So you wonder what – how much did they sign over to Paramount and how little Paramount is getting in or like return on investment that they just do not give one fuck about this league already. Yeah. Which is the worst position to be in. Um, let, let's try and finish it on a brighter note then. Victory did play Brisbane. The game was 1-1. I just thought an interesting point to pick up was Jake Brimmer on Friday the 22nd, uh, which mm-hmm. was last week. Uh, he claimed after the victory win over City that they are the benchmark. Three days later, they dropped valuable points in their quest for the premiership against second bottom Brisbane. Please, Victoria. Please, Melbourne victory. Never change. The surrealism of their self-importance, it truly is a work of art. They've always had this air of self-importance, haven't they? Uh, especially the victory side of town. Um, you know, they're... Well, what's going to happen now? Like, they're, West United still have three games to go. Yeah, they have an extra one over the other two. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's still in their hands if they win all three. Um, it is interesting to note, though, that, you know, Victorian football is kind of dominating the league at the moment. Yes. The, the three Victorian sides are the top three. Um, you know, we can we could go into the, the payrolls of those three clubs, I guess. Uh, I think Adelaide's doing well to be sitting in fourth as best of the rest at the moment, punching above their weight again. Hell yeah, we're overachieving to the max. But you know, I think there has to be recognition given to Victoria overall because there's it's no fluke to yeah. have the top three teams from one state, you know, occupying the top three in the league. So yeah, payroll comes into it, but you know, so does New South Wales. And you look at the vast majority of those sides, they're sitting in the bottom half of the table. So yeah. I think the moral of the story is Adelaide again <laughs> punching with the big boys with um, you know a school kids budget. Yeah, hundred percent. That's all it is. It's exactly what it is. Um, I think just like I don't know. I'm looking for excuses here, but Melbourne Victory probably always been maybe the biggest club in the country. Melbourne City, uh, funded by the City Football Group. West United, brand new franchise, don't even have a home ground, don't have any supporters, but still managed to uh, bring in big players and win games of football. So uh, it's more of that uh, modern football stuff that we love whinging about. Yes. You know, throw in the salary cap exemptions and the different kind of, you know, subsidies they get being a new club. Wu have gone out and done better than the other ones though. You know, signing Diamante and signing um, Leo LaCroix and stuff like that. 
maybe not so much John Aloisi, but there's individual stats throughout that team where like said Ben Garuccio has got the most assists of any defender and Jamie Young has got the most clean sheets of any goalkeeper. And it's just, <clears throat> they went out and they, they got A-League experienced players, but. They did. Like quality that, A-League experience. Yeah, exactly. Ones that have been there, won premierships, won titles, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Connor Payne, Neil Kilkenny, Kenny, players like that. Mm, yeah, precisely. Guys that have been there and done it and they know they know the roadmap. Um, so, you know, I'm not surprised to see the Wu doing well, but you're right. These guys are more advantaged as compared to Newcastle or Wellington. All right. I think that's probably a good place to leave it before we just ramble on about nothing any longer and talk about Victorian clubs and whinge about them being good. Moral of the story, Adelaide are best of the rest. Adelaide punch above their weight. We're great. Get around the Reds. Get out to Highmarsh this Saturday against Brisbane. Huge three points up for grabs. Could go a long way to cementing a great spot on the table for the season. Um, will I see you there? Will you be out of ISO? I may not be out of ISO. And if I am, it'll be under strict regulation that I don't go to high-risk settings. So maybe just be watching this one from home. Why is that still a thing? Oh, we're not getting into that one here, but whatever. I think it changes on Saturday, but, you know, we're not, yeah, let's leave that. Well, that's book, an off, book your tickets. That's an off-air conversation. <laughs> book your tickets to Melbourne, guys. That's all I'm saying. Get around it. Don't forget you can get in touch on, or get in, tune into episode. It's getting late. It's real late <laughs> at night shift. Tune into episode 63. That we've got, we've covered the Premier League, Copa del Rey. I said it at the start of the app, but I'm telling you again, get on it, have a listen, get around us on Facebook, get around us on Insta, Twitter, nightshiftfootball.com you can catch every episode there enjoy your week go the reds